All right, welcome back into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. Uh, you have me here, Rick McClatchy, staff pastor at the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House. And uh, sitting right next to me, we have... I am Mark Daniels. I am the campus pastor for Mill Plain here at Manor House. And we're so glad you're here. Yes, we are. And today we're actually picking up part two. Part two. Of the concept of a personal care team. And we actually made a little bit of adjustments to some terminology um, that we covered last week. So why don't you jump in right there and help me out with that? Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about a, a kind of a three-person care team. We described it as someone who is like a spiritual input, someone who has spiritual oversight, someone who has a little bit more practical life, and then someone who is a peer. And at, we got done and we started talking and, and I just thought, you know, we should just give little one word descriptions for this. And it's funny, I've been teaching this for quite some time and I don't know why I hadn't thought of it before, uh, but here we go. I think, I think the question to ask is who's my pastor, who's my coach, and who's my buddy? So if you think about a pastor, a coach, and a buddy, these are the ones that you're putting into your care team. And they each play a distinct role, although like we said, last week, those roles can overlap. Um, it, we're not trying to be rigid about our description for any one of these three. In addition, it's not limited to three. I think it's a good minimum. I think you could have more uh, people who speak into your life, but there does come a point where there's too many voices. Um, and, and we are saying also, this would be the three that you're intentional with. Uh, when it comes to specific issues in life, hey, should I start a business? Hey, should I move out of town? You might, you might set up a temporary care team made up of people who are really going to help you make that one decision yeah, or walk through that one yeah. life thing. But I'm, I'm, in general, what we're talking about is, is a group of people that walk with you in life intentionally um, throughout life. And uh, we, we did mention last time that sometimes those who are on this team are going to change for you. So it's not like you identify them and you're locked in for the next 25 years. You might be. And But chances are, because of the fact of life, seasons change, there's a good chance that they would change as well, and that's okay. That's so good. So um, so last week, it was more the conceptual idea. Like, we talked about the what. Right. Um, and, I, and I think we covered a little bit of the why. Um, maybe if you were going to give me the why, why a personal care team in one, one punchy kind yeah. of sentence, what... What would be your why behind a personal care team? The why behind a personal care team for me, elevator speech, is this. I don't know myself well enough. I am actually incapable of fully knowing myself. I have to have other people's mm -hmm. viewpoints. I have to have people telling me what they see. And in their telling me what they see, I start to see myself more fully. And, uh, and so... If, if it was supposed to be just us and God, then honestly, we don't need anything we do in life. We don't need church. We don't need community. We don't need relationships. Why get married? I mean, on, honestly, we're not supposed to walk alone. I mean, that is yeah, like such a key on. thought. And um, and this just plays into that. We're not supposed to walk alone in our own, in the, in the, in the personal care of ourselves. And my contention is too many of us are not intentional about our own personal care we kind of go through life thinking that when we need care, we will find what we need. That might be true. I actually think, though, if we set this up, 
we have the right people speaking into our lives. When we need care, we already know who we're going to. And they have context now to understand us and permission to speak into that. That's so good. <clears throat> so I don't know myself well enough. I refuse to walk alone. Yeah. And I'm not going to let it happen by accident. Yes. So I guess that, to me, that would be how I kind of sum that up. Somebody write that down and email <laughs> it to us. No. Um, so today, um, I really like that. I, that gives us the why. And, and we talked about the what. Now we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the how. Yeah. And that how yeah. obviously has a little bit of the when and where yeah. kind of you know entrenched in it. So, um, so let's dig into that right now. How do I build a personal care team? Yeah. So I think asking those, those questions as we kind of created that new verbiage for this episode, asking yourself, who's my pastor, who's my coach, and who's my buddy? Uh, so who's my pastor? That would be where I start. It, I, I, I don't mean that to say literally who's my pastor. Like who's the lead pastor of my church or who's the pastor over me in church? If you're in Manor House, you know, if you're at Rocky Butte, you could say Rick McClatchy is my pastor. If you're at Mill Plain, you might say Adam Robinson is my pastor. You might say I'm your pastor, whatever. So I'm not saying literally who's my pastor. What I'm saying is who do you know is already in your life? that cares for you with a father's heart who has your best interest at heart who is who is for you who who loves you who who looks out for you in that way who's your pastor um and and the reason that i say it this way and this is actually really important i think for me to say um if if a bunch of you have rick and and you would identify him as your pastor um, and you invite him to be a part of your care team there comes a point where He's no longer able to do that for everyone who asks. And so um, if the default for you is who literally is my pastor in the structure of my church, um, that person is going to run out of the uh, availability to do that. You probably need to think outside of that and to think about who in my life <clears throat> maybe isn't structurally my pastor, but who in my life loves me with that father's heart. So I think, um, as I think through my perspective, I go, well, gosh, that's easy, Mark, because I know 427 pastors <clears throat> off the top of my head. Right. Um, but I think of more the just, you know, regular church attender on a Sunday morning that comes in and they're like, I need a personal care team. And who is my pastor? And let's, you know, they, they go to Rocky Butte or they go to Mill Plain, you know, and um, you had to say no because your 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 docket was full of right. personal care team, you know, openings, if you will. Like it's like we're all Lego pieces and we only have so many connection right. points exactly to right. be filled. And yes. once those spots are filled, we 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 can't we just can't do it physically. We're incapable. Um, and so. I think it might be helpful is um, if you get like, okay, that person's not available, I guess I'm, I'm stuck, you know, but actually to go to that person, not to ask them to be your pastor in that context, but who else would you recommend? Who right. do you know? Who, who do you have confidence in? So if you don't have the, the personal relationship with someone right off the bat, that actually can be built. Right. Um, and so I think using the the pastor, the actual pastor in your life at your church and just saying, hey, hey, Pastor Joe, um, you know, I know that your schedule is probably too full, um, but boy, I, I'm really looking to have this person in my life, this role. Um, do you have any suggestions? It's a perfect and way then, to do it. Perfect and then kind of go from there. That way you're not just like randomly right. 
picking people. I also think a great default is for you to consider asking your group leader. If you're a group leader, consider asking the, you know, here at Manor House, we call them coaches, would be the next level above that. Ask your coach or ask your, you know, the ministry leader. Um, and, and so think about who is in your life already providing some spiritual oversight and invite them to be intentional with you in this journey. That's great. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so who's my pastor? Yeah. <clears throat> who's my pastor? The second one would be who's my coach? Uh, I was a baseball player. You know this, of course. I played all the way through college, loved it. I played at Walla Walla Community College, go Warriors. And then I transferred after that to George Fox, go Bruins. And Yeah, uh, go Bruins. That's right. <laughs> Fellow George Fox alums right here. Uh, his, by the way, though, is a is a higher degree than mine. So he holds that over my head all the time. Anyway. All the time. All the time. Just kidding. He Don't does not. Don't forget. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, who's, who's the coach? I understand coaching because I was an athlete. Um, if you're not an athlete, think about, again, who's an encourager? Who, who is for you? Who constantly is helping you think through how to do what you're doing better? Those are coaches. Those are people who are walking with you already, who observe what you do. They observe who you are. And they're already coming to your aid. They're already putting themselves next to you. They're aligning their heart with yours. And they're encouraging you. There's intention in their heart. Those are the kinds of people that you want to say, listen, I, I know you're for me. Um, and I recognize that in life in general, um, you have more experience, you have more wisdom. Can you just speak into my life? Yes, the coach is probably older than you. Uh, does it have to be? No. Um, but is that going to be how it plays out a lot of the time? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to be somebody who's older than you, farther down the road of life than you, and they they're for you, and that they want they want to walk with you, and be there for you as you live life. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know that uh, time doesn't always result in wisdom, but generally speaking, the people we are going to look toward right. to fill this role will be the kind of people that will have gained wisdom over time. So a lot of times they will be older than us. Um, though not necessary. So right. we have, okay, go ahead. Well, yeah, just one other last thing about that. And the first person is going gonna, is gonna to really focus on your spiritual walk. They're going to they're gonna help you become a better disciple of Christ. The second person, they're really looking out for you in more practical ways. They're looking out for health, marriage, relationships, work, finances, budget, decisions. It's the life stuff. Uh, and, and again, this isn't to say that the spiritual person can't speak into a life decision and the life, the coach person can't speak into the pastoring part. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you allow them to kind of primarily be in that lane and let that be the perspective from which they're talking to you. Yeah, so because we know that all of those life things are really, if we're doing them right, are built on scriptural principles. Sure. So, so it's going like we can't separate our lives out. Your spiritual affects your physical, affects your emotional, you know, all that stuff. It's totally. all connected. So Absolutely. So who's my pastor? Who's my coach? And then and who's thirdly, my buddy? Yeah. Right? Who's my buddy? Um, <clears throat> for mine, I haven't I haven't given names for that, and that's okay, but for mine, my buddy, and I put that in quotes, is Daniel Gardner. And Daniel Gardner has been a friend of mine for like 15 years now. Um, love him dearly. I would probably say, 
my best friend, my closest friend in life, Daniel Gardner. And he and Sarah, his wife and their kids, they live near us, um, almost within walking distance, but because of the elevation shift between <laughs> his house and mine, it's not quite as easy. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> we, we live on a, on a steeper hill, but anyway, um, uh, but they, they are available, they are nearby, but beyond that, tons of history. What's really funny about this is uh, I was first introduced to Daniel when I was a pastor serving here at Rocky Butte, and he was a Bible college student at PBC, and he was my intern. And so I would have been his pastor in that way. Now, maybe he didn't see me that way, uh, but I'm just saying that we... He told me a couple of stories, so no. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, But, you know, it, it was a little bit more where... Um, I would have maybe provided some oversight for him. But see, life tends to even out. And his, his two kids are roughly the same age as my youngest two. And so uh, we are definitely in a similar season of life. Um, and, and not only just that he's a parent with similar aged kids. I mean, there's a lot about his life that mirrors ours. Um, and, you know, they're members at Mill Plain. He sees me even in my role of leadership and pastoral care. He, see, he observes what I do in the lobby on a Sunday. They're in our small group, so they see me interact with people at that level. Um, and then we have them over all the time. We're over to their house all the time, and we spend a lot of time with them. And in other words, Daniel sees who I am. He, I, I probably can't hide from him. Um, I'm sh- I, maybe I can pull the wool over his eyes for a season, but eventually who I really am is going to come out with him because the amount of time that he's in my life. And, and I've given him permission to say things to me that are really hard to hear at times um, because I'm not perfect. I'm sorry for all the mill planers. I am not perfect. That's just the truth. But it, it's, I'm shocked. I, <laughs> I'm sure you are. I need to go get another <laughs> cup of coffee and just digest that oh one my, for a minute. Oh, my goodness. Wow. He, he sees me in my imperfections, yeah. and I've given him permission to speak into that, and I can't tell you how much I value that. In addition to all that I've already said, I meet with him every Friday morning, which is a day off for me. So this is not part of my job. This is life. Uh, I don't, I don't you know, fit him into my work week. I, I, on Friday mornings, I meet with him. We drop our kids off at school, and then the first thing I'm doing is I'm meeting with him, and... And we're talking, we're talking about life. And what's great is I think I provide a similar kind of influence on him, but we're doing it together. I'm not his pastor per se when we sit down in that context. I am definitely his friend and he is mine. Um, And there's something I think really valuable about that. No, it's super good. I just going back to, I think it's the last episode you talk about, you know, if if you were to move somewhere, you're going to have to identify another team because proximity matters and I think you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about like you can't hide stuff very long I mean we, we all can hide some stuff but right. when you got somebody that's seeing you in all of those different contexts on a regular basis they're gonna be picking up the funky vibe you that's know right. when there's something funky going on in your life they'll be like Mark bro what what's going on yep and open the door and give you those opportunities to be like okay you know it caught me you know like um this is what's going on this is what i'm struggling with these are these are the thoughts i'm wrestling with these are whatever whatever's going on and if you don't have the proximity because the bible tells us what human nature is all about we like the dark baby we like to hide 
what is going on so in our true. lives when it is, you know, especially when it's sin, we want to hide. And so we have to build our lives in such a way that we are able to be called out uh, because we hide. We right. we shame. Yeah. Like a lot of us are going through freedom right now because we got a ton of freedom groups going on in our church. And, and Adam and Eve, they hid. God came and looked for them. And uh, just how important that proximity piece is, it cannot be right. really overemphasized at all. Right. So, so maybe let me segue into how to even build this. It's one thing to identify who they are. I think it's a, it's a completely different thing to then really invite them into this space. So let me simplify. Uh, reach out to them and say, I recognize that I don't know myself well enough. I recognize I'm not supposed to live life alone. Um, and so I'm asking you with intentionality. I'm not going to do it by accident. That's, that's yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> with intentionality. Uh, to, I, I, want you, I want you to speak into my life. I want to give you permission to walk with me in a way maybe differently than we've walked before. Um, I, I, want, I want to meet with you regularly or at least connect with you regularly. My coach person um, is, is someone who doesn't live in Camas with me. Uh, is someone who is part of Manor House, but um, he's he's actually a member over at 217. His name's Bruce Smith. Great guy. Um, I love him dearly, and without him, I am not doing what I am doing today. He has been a huge part of the last couple of years of my life. So thank you, Bruce. I'll just say that in the podcast. Uh, but Bruce doesn't live close enough to actually have face-to-face with me all the time. He does make the drive over. And I really appreciate when we're able to do that. But a lot of the time we connect over the phone. He's gifted at drawing out from me where I'm at by asking great questions. And I appreciate that about him. Um, But I still also have to be honest about where I'm at. He may ask an open-ended question. I've got to choose to allow that intentionality to come forward from my side where I say, "Here's, here's actually what I'm thinking. I know it's wrong, but here's what I'm thinking. And then he'll help me, he'll help me think through how to get out of that. Um, so what you do is you invite them, um, and you you invite them to take this role. My my pastor, in quotes, my pastor, uh, the third person on my care team is Daryl Corbin, who's one of the executives here at Manor House. He was my boss at Mill Plain until kind of the changes on staff here this fall started to take place. And he has moved into a, a different full-time role, and I've moved into a different full-time role. I don't report to him, actually. Um and so, uh, but here's the cool thing. He and I have built a friendship over the last six and a half years, as, as I have reported to him. And, and I absolutely let him walk with me through life. And he provides great pastoral slash apostolic down the road. Uh, he is further down the road spiritually than I am. I would look to him in that way. I, I look for his input. Um, and, and, I, and I invite him into that. And with all three of those guys, I had a very specific conversation where I said, will you walk with me? Now, in Bruce's case, I didn't know him. And so uh, we were introduced and we hit it off. And I said, man, what would it look like if you provided kind of what you're explaining you provide for other people? What would it look like if you provided that for me? And he said, yeah, let's do it, you know. And so we started, so um, it started intentionally on the front end. But with Daniel and with Daryl, those relationships were in place. And I went to them and I said, can we just be slightly more intentional about the time we already spend? When I'm with you, 
can I give you permission to speak into my life? And we just talked about what that looked like. And then over the course of time, it has morphed into kind of where we are today, where I can sit down with Daryl and Daryl can give me some really important feedback and some pretty deep thoughts in just a matter of a few minutes. Hmm. And honestly, the same with Daniel. Um, I give Daniel access every week, but it's a friendship. So it's we're not always talking deeply, right? Uh, oftentimes we're just talking about life. But that, that every week intentionality is really important um, for that. So um, I think you invite them. You allow them to say yes. I, I would think if relationships already established, I, I would think the answer is going to be yes. And you just allow them to step into that space. A little bit of authority place to be able to speak into our lives. Um, and then, and so you're saying weekly is kind of the way to go. Would that be kind of a hard and fast rule? I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts question. on frequency? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> again, I meet weekly with Daniel and that works for us. Proximity makes it really easy. Um, I do not meet weekly with Bruce or Daryl. Um, it would be more of an every other week um, kind of kind of rhythm. Um, but in both cases, if I need something, I just reach out. Mm-hmm. And so they're available. Um, they're open. Uh, there have been a couple of times where I, I really needed to talk something through. And I would text Daryl, and it would be 4 in the afternoon. And at 8 o'clock that night, he'll call me. He's like, hey, I just finished with all the meetings for today. How you doing? What's happening? And then we have a, a chance to have a conversation. Same with, with Bruce, you know. I can text him, and I'm like, hey, I know we don't have anything scheduled in the near future, or maybe it's not till next week, but I really need to talk this through today. Oh, he's totally available. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so there's there's rhythm to what we do. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy my time with Daniel. Um, we try to make it a little bit more social sometimes. Like tomorrow morning, we're actually going to go to a coffee shop. Oftentimes, it's at either my house or his just for, for ease, but... Um, but tomorrow we're going to go to a coffee shop and we're just going to, I bet, I bet we end up talking a lot more than, than doing this, but I promise you this is part of it. Um, and, and I know where he's at and I know the challenges he's facing. He knows where I'm at. He knows the challenges I'm facing. And in 10 minutes, we can be completely caught up, open, transparent. The heavy lifting of this, you know, care side can really take place. Mm. Man, that's so good. I just, uh. I think we'll kind of just leave that there. There's probably always more to be said. There's always more little tips and insights that can be given. Um, But I think that this is really the crux of it is really to just get the ball rolling. Just start. And I think probably the weekly thing is most important with the peer relationship. Um, Maybe less so with the coach and pastor because... Um, those can tend to be more on an as-needed basis. I mean, there has to be some intentionality, I think, on the front end to solidify the relationship. So there's the, the you feel capable to be vulnerable and open. Um, so, so, so there we have it. Who's my pastor? Who's my coach? Who's my buddy? Have the intentional conversation. Um, we're doing this because I don't know myself well enough. We're doing this because I'm not gonna live my life alone. And I'm not gonna let my life happen by accident. I think that's a really great summation of the whole thing. And so, um, man, we sure are glad that you've been here together with us today, um, part two of developing a personal care team. We would love your questions and comments. Uh, Rick M at manahouse.church or Mark D at manahouse.church. And if you're enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you would like, comment, review, 
on the podcast and, and share it. Share it in your social media uh, avenues and just get the word out about what's going on here at the Growing Faith Podcast. And with that, thank you so much. We are praying for you. We love you. Have a great rest of your day.